Hustle culture is cute in theory, but eventually it leads to burnout and lack of fulfillment. Then again, as enticing as it sounds to sit in meditation for years as a monk, abandoning Western culture altogether is not really an option for most of us. So where is the in-between? I like to think of it as a world where dreaming big and living slow coexist. I'm Tia, host of Dream Big Live Slow, a podcast for entrepreneurs like myself seeking a life of soul-filled work that still allows time for those slow moments that make us feel the most alive. Join me as we break down realistic mindfulness tools used by real entrepreneurs working towards a life of both dreaming big and living slow. Also, be sure to check out the end of every solo cast episode for free guided meditations. All right, let's do this thing. Hello, hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to this episode of Dream Big Live Slow. I'm super excited to have Key Rose on our show today. She is a content creator and a recent graduate with her master's in clinical mental health counseling. So basically, she's just truly bringing awareness to mental health in the online space, and anyone who follows her um, can definitely see that. Um, her content is... Uh, always inspiring and super insightful. So, so excited to dive in. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here and I'm so excited just to, you know, have a conversation with you and hopefully help someone in the process. Yes, yes. I think um, so many people can benefit from, you know, talking about mental health and, social media because it's no secret that sometimes it can be a challenge. But first, I just want to kind of start out with your story. Can you um, kind of explain how you kind of got here on your entrepreneurship path, how you got into content creating and also, um, you know, why you chose to get your master's in clinical mental health? Yeah, for sure. I know that's probably like sounds like a lot. Um, I am, you know, I love a lot of things and I do a lot of things. Um, and over the course of, you know, my 24 years of life, um, I have been able to kind of hone down on those things more recently um, in 2020. So I'll tell you a little bit of background. Um, so I went to a science and technology high school and um, they had a cosmetology program. I love doing hair, always did my hair. I, I think my mom just got to the point where she was like, you know what, your hair is so thick and I'm literally overdoing it every two weeks. And I was like, <laughs> okay, well, I'll do it myself. So I started doing hair myself and um, I got accepted into that cosmetology program. So once I graduated high school, I graduated with my cosmetology license. So that led me to, you know, being a hairstylist. Um, I worked in a hair salon every summer and every winter break of undergrad. And um, I was super excited. I knew that I didn't necessarily want to be a hairstylist forever, but I did. But I but I recognized that um, that was my passion at the time. So then I went to undergrad. Um, I, my, I actually got accepted to Morgan State. And because I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do when I was in high school, um, I, my GPA really wasn't the best. I wasn't putting in a lot of effort before I graduated. And then, you know, my senior year of high school, I was like, okay, like, 
I got to get it together. I'm trying to go to school and make something of my life. So um, because my GPA was pretty low, I got into Morgan State. And um, I, you know, spent my freshman year there. Did not enjoy it, but it definitely served its purpose. So I got my GPA up and then I transferred to the school that I wanted to go to, which was Towson University in Maryland. Mm. And, um, you know, from there, it was just kind of like I was still working in the salon um, every summer and winter, but I definitely started to learn more about myself. I was getting outside of my comfort zone, you know, how it goes on campus, you know, getting to know people, making friends, things of that nature. And then I graduated Towson University in 2018 with my bachelor's in psychology. And um, before I graduated, of course, I was applying to grad schools and something said, do something new, do something that's not safe. So I applied to North Carolina A&T, which is the school I attend now, and I got accepted. Um, And I chose to go to this school because one, it was out of state and I needed a new experience, but also because I just... I needed to learn more about me. And I've always like, since I realized that I had a love for like mental health, you know, that's always been my goal to go that career route. Um, But coming down here definitely sealed the deal. And um, yeah, so that's pretty much how I came about it. And I think it's been a, it's been a really wild journey, but I am really grateful to be here. Um, I'm really grateful to be able to impact lives just through my story and, you know, my words and my storytelling. And I I just really appreciate it. So how did you um, decide to kind of blend your love of like the creative side of content creating, storytelling and, um, you know, mental health awareness? Yeah, for sure. So um, all of my life, I really have not ever felt like I fit in. I really kind of had moments where it's like, oh, okay, I found a friend group and we kind of vibe and we're cool together, but I never really felt like a part of the group. I never really felt like I was more of a priority. I kind of felt like I was the add-on. And, you know, a lot of times I felt isolated growing up in my childhood. Um, It was really hard for me to make friends and connect. I was very nervous and shy and afraid to talk to people. Um, And that kind of transferred, you know, throughout my life. And then come undergrad, um, I think it was about my junior year where I was like, you know what, you can't keep living like this. Like you literally work, you go to class and that's it. You don't have any friends. Like you're in a new place. You have to do something new. So that's when I started going to events. And it was probably one of the scariest things I've ever done is just having to talk to people, feeling that awkwardness of starting the conversation. I was really, it was more of the awkwardness of starting the conversation but like as soon as the conversation was initiated I can talk 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 but starting it was really really scary for me so I dealt with that pretty much all of my life up up until that point and that really was the start of me opening up to become who I truly am but that was just a small part then once I moved down here to North Carolina um I realized that I really liked pictures. I've always really liked pictures, always like being in front of the camera. Um, I I was on a modeling team in high school. I was on a modeling team um, in undergrad. And I just always liked, you know, like expressing myself and being in front of the camera. Um, But when I moved down here, I was like, I think influencers 
influencers didn't really get popular up until like two, three years ago, for me at least. Mm -hmm. And I started following influencers on Instagram and I was like, these pictures are amazing. Like what they're doing is amazing. I want to do that. But I didn't know how. Like I had the idea in my head. I had the picture in my head. I just didn't know how to bring it to life. So I tried it out and I started like taking pictures on my phone and I had this idea and I was like, I want to emulate that. And I would be so upset with like the result because it didn't come out how I thought it would. And I was so caught up in trying to be like these influencers, trying to take photos like them. And it really prevented me from being myself. So once I realized that, I actually archived all of my pictures on Instagram and I did, <laughs> I did a really cool photo shoot with some butterflies, some butterfly clip-ins um, for your hair. And I was like, this is the beginning of something new. This is the fresh start. I'm going to give myself permission to be me. And once I did that, creating content became so much easier. Before, it felt like there was constant resistance it was like, okay, I have this like Pinterest board and then I try to emulate this Pinterest board and it just turned out to be trash. And I'm like, why? Like, I know what I want. Why can't I bring it to life? But I realized I wasn't, I couldn't bring it to life because I wasn't being me. I was trying to be someone else. So once Mm -hmm. I gave myself that permission to be me, then creating, it just came so natural. Like I've always been a creative. I've always looked at things in a different way, always had a different perspective. And I think because of my past, I kind of, it's kind of like how we're a child. And if like, we're really proud of something and someone like kind of turns us down, it's like, we kind of hide it away, you know? And we mm-hmm. don't bring out that, that part of ourselves anymore because it, it was shamed or we felt shame or uh, we felt regret or we, we were just like not happy with ourselves. And so I think a lot of that definitely happened for me. Um, in my life of just not feeling safe. I didn't feel safe to be who I who I truly am. And so moving into this new space of content creation, I definitely realized that, you know, I I learned that I had to create that safety within me. Like I couldn't let my past or my current circumstances determine if I'm going to be me or not. So I started creating that safety within myself And then it just started flowing from there. Like, and I started to realize like how talented I really am. Like I started to realize that I really have a lot of knowledge that I'd like to share. And like 13 year old me knew that, but like somehow along the way, you know, we kind of, we got on different paths. Um, So I was able to, you know, align myself back with my inner child and really just like honor her um, and all of these things. I was actually thinking about it earlier today, how like, I've like, you know, when I was like 13, I was like, I'm going to write a book. Like, I'm going to be a poet. Like, I'm going to be all of these things. I've always been creative, but I just hadn't given myself the the permission to be creative. Um, And so, you know, it's been it's been a journey. But that moment where I chose to take that photo shoot, archive all of my pictures, that was the moment where everything changed because I declared it in that moment that I was not going to let my past dictate who I am right now. That is so powerful. I know that so many, so many people who will listen to this will resonate with that because that's kind of, that is kind of the, um, 
dark side of social media that we can fall into really easily is that like comparison trap mm-hmm. and and um I've I've seen you talk about this a lot just getting in a perfectionist headspace where I can't post because my stuff is not perfect. How how do you like you made that shift but how do you stay in that headspace? What are some ways like maybe things you tell yourself or like practices that you do to continually show up and be vulnerable because it's not easy to do um consistently. No, absolutely not. It's it's hard to be vulnerable. Like I would never get on any platform and tell people that it's easy to be vulnerable because it's not. Um, mm-hmm. It is. It's a skill, and I think that there's also a lot of stigma around vulnerability, and that's changing. Like I am seeing it in front of my eyes, just change on Instagram, on TikTok, on all of these platforms is changing. But there is still a stigma of if you share, then you're weak. Or if you share, then you are letting people have the upper hand of your story. But what we don't realize is that our story has power. And we get to decide how we tell our story. People are always going to have some type of outlook on... They're always going to perceive your story how they want to perceive it, but that's not your problem. As long as you tell your story authentically, then whatever people's perceptions or reactions that has nothing to do with you because you told your story how you wanted to tell your story and what we don't realize and this is something I learned in grad school is that everything that happens in our life we give meaning to it we give meaning to it and whatever that meaning is it affects how we view that event so if I do something horrible and I give that that mistake that I made, meaning of I am a horrible person, I don't deserve happiness, you know, I um I don't deserve to be like to redeem myself, I don't deserve to have grace, then I'm gonna view myself as that way and, and it's gonna stick with me. And mm-hmm. I'm not gonna know it, but it's gonna impact the next time I do something or the next time I want to step outside of my comfort zone. And like through you know, inner work, I've started to realize that I've given meaning, inaccurate meanings to the events that have happened in my life. Because when things happen in our life, we, as humans, we think everything is about us. Oh, this Mm -hmm. person left me. I'm horrible. Oh, you know, this, this really bad thing happened to me. So that must mean that I'm not going to be happy in the future. We make every single thing about us. And it's natural because we're humans. But I think one of the greatest things that I have done for myself is to be able to realize that everything isn't about you. Like, there are things happening in this universe that we know nothing about that are working for our good, that are working for us. But we don't know about them. But because we can't see them, it's like we have tunnel vision. We have this idea that, like, everything is supposed to be how we want it to be. And if it's not, then like we don't deserve it or we're horrible. And so I think that when you start peeling back those inaccurate meanings that you've given yourself, that you've given the events that have happened in your life, then you start gaining freedom because Mm -hmm. attachments to, you know, the meanings, especially if they're inaccurate. One of my inaccurate meanings was that I'm not good enough. I thought that because people didn't accept me. I was not good enough. And I operated from that every single day until I didn't. And 
I think when I really started being vulnerable, um, I wasn't quite sure how it was going to be received. I was scared that there was going to be a, oh, why are you talking about that? Or why are you telling us? We don't care. But then I realized like, there are so many people out here that can relate to me, that can relate to my story. And I, I feel like they'll find me. And yeah. it's up to me, though, to put it out. And I think, you know, we get into this trap of like, it has to be perfect because we're afraid of not accepting who we are in the moment. We think that we have to have it all together we think that we have to be a certain way. And, and, and like the beauty of it is that like we're always becoming something new each and every day. And so it's like we think that we have to be, but we're always becoming. We're always becoming something new. And I really think there's so much power in sharing that. I think it's funny because on social media, it's like we want to be perfect but if we had if we followed someone that was perfect like quote unquote we wouldn't enjoy it why would you want to see something that's good all the time life is never good all the time life is fleeting emotions are fleeting things happen one day you can be really happy and the next day you be really sad life is not perfect so this image of like trying to emulate perfection I think sometimes we do that to escape ourselves and we do that to like kind of like get get off topic of like let me just accept me for who I am and we have to affirm in that journey that where you're at right now is good enough. I think what you were saying about a lot of people um or 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 like some tips of, you know, how do you stay in that space? I think it's affirming that where you're at right now is good enough. Yeah, I completed grad school and I'm happy and I'm here right now. I'm not thinking about my career yet. I'm not thinking about, you know, my next year. I don't know what the rest of this year looks like. And I'm okay with that because right now I'm in this moment and I'm proud of myself. And I think that especially as millennials, we're always on to the next thing. It's like, okay, you graduate. Okay, cool. Then you get a job. Okay. And then you get married and then you have a kids. And it's like, when do we take time to stop and celebrate those things? Because when we celebrate, yes. then we're, we're allowing ourselves to not be perfect. Even if we're not, even if we didn't get that job that we really, really wanted, it's okay because that job that we have now is going to take us to the job that we want. And so I think we have to celebrate ourselves to stay in a space of vulnerability. I think we have to share our story authentically and not be afraid of what the response will be. And most of all, I think we have to honor ourselves and where we're at in this moment. Uh, can I just say you are such a wealth of wisdom and knowledge and I'm just everything you've said I'm like absolutely snaps. <laughs> um incredible. Yeah, I think it I think that's so powerful in just really remembering like I think it's so healthy to show up in that space like you were saying of remembering that you have no control over how others perceive you. So it really all that matters is that like you are unconditionally loving yourself. And that is how like if you show up in that space there, you cannot have regrets, you know, Absolutely. because yeah, what other we have no control over other people's thoughts and opinions and beliefs because those 
are all formed based on their experiences. Exactly. Yes. And so um, they're going to be attached to whatever. I loved your your chat on um, like your mention of attachment, like we're attached to these ideas and and, kind of letting go of those is so important as well when showing up online. I just, everything you said, (laughs) um, I could, I could, uh, you know, dive deeper into all of it. Um, but I'm kind of curious, like you mentioned earlier that I think is super powerful in that, like feeling that, um, struggling with a sense of belonging when you were younger. Mm -hmm. And that is really powerful for a lot of people because to, to hear your story, I'm sure, because I'm sure other people have dealt with that and, um, struggled with that. And that's where social media can be like really, really powerful and a really beautiful tool in building that authentic connection. So can you dive a little bit into that on how do you build authentic connection and community online, um, as opposed to the, you know, insincere connection yeah for sure um I think that I think that story will always be a part of building authentic connection Mm. if you're not telling your story it's hard for people to relate to you outside of what they see physically like oh they see you um you know with nice clothes or they see you in school or they see you in your career and yeah that's a relatability factor however that's not all of it. And I think that getting like, I kind of look at social media, especially Instagram as like snippets. Like I, anyone that follows me or goes to my page, they can see that I utilize my captions and my, my captions is where I create community Mm. and using captions. You know, at first it was kind of like, are people going to read this? But then I realized that I needed to do that. And the relatability piece is what a lot of people want. A lot of people want to feel connected to you because they can relate to what you've been through or they can relate to how you felt. And if you're not sharing that, then it's going to be hard for them to do that. And so I've created my community off of vulnerability. I want to normalize being vulnerable because, especially on social media, I think, you know, in the past you know, 10 years, it's definitely changed. You know, in 2014, if you were vulnerable, people were looking at you like, why is she talking about this? Like, no, (laughs) but now, you know, I've, I've been on, on TikTok recently and I see so many people being vulnerable in there. And I'm like, wow, this makes my heart so warm because people are starting to realize that like, they can share who they are and what they're going through and they'll find people that one can either support them on that journey or can, or two can relate to them. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think why community is so important to me is because I wish I had that when I was growing up. Like I didn't have people that I could relate to. Like when I was going through just things like even in middle school, like I felt all these type of ways and like, I felt like no one understood. I couldn't talk to my mom. Like, I couldn't talk to anyone. So I was alone. And I really wish that I had someone that told me, you know what? It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be, 
you know, nostalgic or whatever emotion that you're feeling. And so I think that is definitely one of the major reason, reasons why community is so important to me because I know that what I go through, people also go through. And mm-hmm. that's that's like, not only is it normalizing vulnerability, it's normalizing our experiences, it's normalizing mental health, it's normalizing all of these things, but I think it's really normalizing myself. Like, I think, you know, like growing up, um, I just, I was afraid. I was afraid and I didn't feel safe. And I felt so isolated. And I often felt very, very lonely. And there wasn't like, there were definitely some times that I can look back and kind of like reflect on. I'm like, yeah, this moment, I definitely felt that. But there has always been this feeling attached to me of like, where do I belong? And social media really came in where I realized that I get to create my belonging in my space. Because like you said, I, like we can't control other people, but I can control what happens in my space. Mm-hmm. Everything that goes on in my space is mine. And I set boundaries. I set expectations and standards of how that will go. And I think utilizing your platform to tell your story, you are, I'm basically affirming my inner child. I'm basically telling her that, you know what, even though you didn't tell your story then, you can tell your story now because it's never too late to tell your story. It's never too late to share an experience, even if that experience is horrible or even if it's great because all of the experiences I share aren't sad you know, but Mm -hmm. it's a part of the story. And I think that me telling my story gives people permission to tell their story. Me being vulnerable gives people the go ahead to be vulnerable, not only with their community, but with themselves. And I think that, you know, in this online space, curating your own anything and everything is amazing because that is what these platforms are for. And if you give yourself the permission to do that, however you want to do it, then I think that the freedom that that comes from that is highly rewarding. Yes. I love that take on social media because it's like using social media or yeah, using social media as part of your healing journey. And something that I've always said about about social media and it kind of you're you saying that using it as a way to share your story reminds me of this is like my way of showing up in a healthy way is to use social media as a form of artistic expression and um I really see that like it sounds very similar to you in that you know you share your story in a creative way. Mm -hmm. And that is like part of your healing journey. And I think that can be really powerful for anyone listening who is like, how do I have this healthy relationship with social media? Um, But, you know, and stay consistent. And I think that's like such a healthy mindset is to go into it, you know, saying I'm going to share my story in this creative artistic way. Um, And it's solely for my healing journey. Yeah. And I think too, Um, going off of that, I think, you know, something that I've seen, like, (laughs) I catch myself studying when I don't even know it. That's how creative I am. I'm (laughs) like, oh, okay, cool. And I'm coming up with all these conclusions and I don't even like realize it 
you know, in the moment. But then I look back and like, really, when I tell you I've been on TikTok for like a month now, like, I mean, it is so amazing just to watch people share. And, you know, I think that, again, like, we, we decide. And I think that's one of the most powerful things. Like, the things that I've seen on TikTok, I've seen so many people go through really, really hard times. Um, and I think that, you know, there is like, it's it's pretty rare that like no one has been through what you've been through. Obviously, it's not in the same exact way that you've been through it. But there are people that have a very close experience to you. And right, like feeling feeling connected in that way, um, I think in itself is healing, you know, of just feeling like, okay, I'm not alone. That in itself is healing because a lot of us can feel isolated, um, especially being a millennial, you know, like we're in our 20s. Oh, society says we should have it together. Society Mm -hmm. says that we should have a house and we should be married and blah, 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 and whatever, you know? And I think that just seeing people just like you, like there are so many people in this world that are just like you um, that are going through some of the same things as you. And that helps normalize your life and your experiences because you know that like, despite what society says, there like there are people that aren't doing what society says and they're doing just fine. Oh, yes, absolutely. The connection, the power of story and like sharing your story in order to help us like I've always said this because I'm a storyteller as well it's what I do I have a videography business and obviously podcasting is storytelling (laughs) um but I've always said that like storytelling just breeds compassion because when you hear stories when you see and hear yourself in those stories you can have compassion for everyone because you can see how we're all connected as humans how we all have something in common we're all have you know our own demons and struggles that we're all facing and so it really helps us grow into more compassionate beings and you not only have compassion for everyone else but also for yourself Yes. Validate your own experiences because you've seen someone validate theirs. Yes. Snaps. Okay. Um, And a lot of people on here, though, are just like you and me, and they're also entrepreneurs. Um, And so they're not only using this space for, you know, healing and vulnerability and artistic expression, but also, you know, for business opportunities. So I'm kind of curious, like, I have seen in my business that kind of starting with genuine connection is so important because that's how people, you know, learn to trust you and stuff. And then even if it doesn't result in an opportunity, a business or creative opportunity right away, it could be years later, but just like showing up authentically and building connection can result in, in, uh, you know, a, an authentic and aligned business. So have you seen that in your business? And can you talk a little bit about, or in, you know, your entrepreneurship journey and like creative endeavors? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. And I think that you're absolutely right about, um, you know, being aligned. And I think (laughs) I love talking about like the journey because we, it kind of goes back to those attachments I was talking about. We have a way of what we think should happen, how we should be, how our business should operate. 
And I got really caught in that when I first started my hair business. I was like, okay, well, I don't really know a lot about business, but I know I want to start a business. So I'm like, okay, this is how things should be, or this is how my graphics should look, or my website, or whatever the case may be. Um, And I've actually kind of put a pause on my hair business right now, but I know that those shoulds, those shoulds are not helpful. Those shoulds send us into doubt. They send us into fear. Um, And, you know, being in a should mindset isn't in alignment with you because you are telling yourself that there's something else that is supposed to be happening and it's not. So it's an automatic negative. Like it's an automatic, like there's nothing good about it, you know? And I think that um, I, def- I definitely fell into that trap. And as I started to come in, come out of that, then I started being more of me. I started to show up in my business differently because I was no longer operating from should and I was operating from what I wanted. And what I want, it doesn't always work out. Sometimes I think things are really great and they're aligned with my audience and they're just not. And that's okay because that's mm-hmm. a part of the journey. It's a part of the journey of feeling and trying um, all of these new things that may or may not work out. Like that is business. That is, you know, any type of experience in life is that you never really know what side the coin is going to flip on or the co- the coin is going to land on. Um, and, you know, for me with content creation, I think that one of the biggest things, as you were kind of mentioning story, I thought about this. One of the biggest things that I try to tell people is that you are your content strategy. You are the magic. And when people realize that, then they can start like being more in alignment. Yeah. I can tell you about what time to post on Instagram. I can tell you how to improve your captions. I can tell you how to, um, you know, make interesting reels. I can tell you all of that. But if, if you aren't in it, then what is all of that worth? It's worth nothing because they are not seeing you. Your audience is not being able to see you. And when you choose to be authentic, that is where the connections automatically come in because I mean, we can even get into a spiritual perspective. If you think about it like this, if you are being yourself, the universe is going to send you people that are in alignment with you, you know? Mm -hmm. And when you aren't, it's kind of like, if God is trying to bless you, how do the blessings come to you if you're being someone else? And so Mm. I think from that perspective, I... I really do think that authenticity will always, always win because again, we're not trying to please everyone in our business. Your business should have a target audience. Your platform should have a target audience, not necessarily saying you need to have a niche per se. Um, but if you do have a business, you know, of course you're going to be marketing to a specific person. And when we accept that we are not for everyone, that is when that authentic connection can come in. When you are trying to be for everyone, you mostly get nothing because there is no direction. There is no intentionality. When you get intentional and you get specific, that is when the authentic connections come in. And I think that when you first start your business, it it can be hard to navigate the space of one being a business owner, like um, on a, you know, financial professional level, but also two of 
an identity. Who are you as a business owner? And that can be really tough to decide. And I think that over the past year, for sure, I am no longer interested in doing what I think people want me to do. I'm interested in being in alignment with myself. And if it's not in alignment with myself, then it's not in alignment with my business because I am my business. I am my brand. Like there is no separate entity. Like we are the same, especially as a small business owner. Um, And so, you know, I think being in alignment is so, so important and it can bring you just so many blessings. um, But it can be really hard to find that alignment starting out for sure. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, what are some ways, I mean, this, this podcast is called dream big, live slow. And it's like the whole focus is like trying not to get consumed by the hustle culture and doing that. Like how, how do we stay aligned Mm -hmm. in order not to get so consumed with the hustle and this, you know, these ideas of success that have been, you know, shoved down our throats <laughs> um, in our industry. So, I mean, what are some ways that you like take care of your mental health and stay aligned in who you are? Like some practices or, you know, rituals, like what it, what are your go-tos? Yeah. Thank you for that question. I think it's an awesome question. Um, I don't force it anymore. Mm-hmm. That is one of the biggest things I don't do anymore. I have experienced a lot of downs in my business because I was forcing it, whether it be working with someone, whether it be taking an order when I shouldn't be, you know, all of these things. And I just, I think that as you go, you start to realize when things don't feel right. And sometimes if we're not in tune with our intuition, we ignore that feeling and we're not quite sure what that feeling is. So we kind of just say, eh, whatever. And I did that a lot. I did that a lot, even when deep down I knew. I've had so many times where I've taken an order and I'm like, I probably shouldn't take this order. And I crossed my own boundaries. I crossed my own boundaries and it ended up being a really crappy situation for whatever reason, but mostly because I crossed my own boundaries. And I think being in observance of yourself, of your life is so important. And it's really like mindfulness, being present. Being present of when things are happening, how are we feeling? Are we feeling like we're questioning things or are we feeling like this isn't going to work out? And I want to be clear too, because intuition is not fear. Intuition is just knowing. So there's Mm -hmm. a difference between being afraid and projecting that and just knowing, having a feeling of knowingness. And it does take a lot of mindfulness to get there, but you definitely can get there with mindfulness. Um, But in general, noticing when things are not right and also balancing that with trying new things. I think that we can try new things, but we also need to we also need to honor when things just feel weird Mm -hmm. and they don't feel they don't feel like like it's in alignment. And we do have to honor that because that is a message like our body is sending us a message and it's up to us to listen to it. But I think what that looks different for everyone and the journey of discerning between fear and anxiety versus intuition versus doubt, those are really hard things to do. However, I think journaling, mindfulness, meditation, 
Um, therapy, I am a huge advocate mm. for therapy for sure. That is, you know, like <laughs> I'm mental health, so I'm becoming a therapist soon. But, um, you know, I am a huge advocate for that. And, and therapy doesn't have to be something's wrong in my life. I need to go. I view therapy as preventative self-care. And over the past, like, what is, it's May now. So over the past five months, like I have been, um, I basically have been doing a lot of preventative self-care and I, I like preventative self-care is basically like, even if nothing's wrong with you, you're still taking care of yourself. You're still going on that walk. You're still journaling. You're still praying and not waiting until something happens for you to take care of yourself because when something happens, taking care of yourself probably isn't the first thing on your mind. It's usually the, the emotions that, that tie with the situation. And so that preventative self-care can really help you as you are trying to get into alignment with yourself because as you take care of yourself, you start to learn so much more about yourself along the way. And I think that, you know, a lot of times we are on autopilot every single day. Okay, I wake up, I get out of bed, brush my teeth, eat breakfast, take a shower, blah, blah, blah. And we do that every single th- every single day. And we are not realizing that like there is so much more to life than just our routine. Like we also matter, our feelings matter, our thoughts matter, our experiences. And that mindfulness, I would say, is probably the most important thing aside from therapy that has really helped me even get into alignment with what I want and who I am. Oh, I love every bit of that. I think that everyone that listens to this episode is going to want to know how they can uh, work with you in a therapy (laughs) format. (laughs) Um, But yes, that's incredible. Um, I think, and I think it's so telling, like you said, um, like our, our ego kind of, when you were talking about, you know, living in that fear space versus just living intuitively. It's like, Mm -hmm. I, I was writing the other day about how we're either in, we're performing from our ego or kind of dancing from our soul, but there's really no in between. And that's what that reminded me of was just that the fear, we're either living in that fear or, or, um, living in our intuitive, um, knowing. But, um, I, yes, I love every bit of that. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. And I thought it's kind of time to wrap up, but I thought we could end on kind of a fun note because, um, you are kind of the queen of reels. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, and I've seen, I saw your challenge where you did, um, like, I can't remember how many days of it and your following grew insanely, but you show up in such a fun way. Mm-hmm. What is your advice for people to show up and have fun online as well? Um, so I think you're, you're talking about 28 days of reels. Yeah, that was fun. Um, <laughs> it was challenging, but it was fun. Um, and we posted a real, uh, one reel a day for 28 days and it was, it was really interesting. I think, I think my answer is a lot more simpler than people probably think is literally just to have fun. <laughs> like <laughs> we have this like idea again that like, oh, well, I can't tell like I can't tell you how many people reached out like, okay, well, I posted my reel the first day and it only got 300 views. I'm not going to post anymore. And I'm just like, what? Like no, like have fun, like continue on the journey because 
just by posting once doesn't mean that like you're not going to be seen or you're not going to reach your target audience. That is the thing about consistency is like you have to give yourself a chance. You have to give your audience a chance to show up, but you got to show up for you first. And Mm -hmm. when showing up though, we can put a lot of pressure on ourselves. And I think that's why like content creation can be very exhausting sometimes. Now don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, it can be exhausting just for like in general, but I think one of the main reasons why a lot of content creators, influencers can get exhausted so quickly is because they're taking everything so seriously. I must get 500 likes or the post was a flop or I must get 10K views or the reel was a flop, you know? And it's like, we take things so damn seriously and it's like, just live, just live. Like, I think that if you create from your heart and you put it out there, there is nothing else you could have done because you created from your heart and it was authentic. And so as you continue posting and creating, you learn a little on the way, right? You learn what works, what doesn't, what what your audience is more receptive to and what they're not receptive to. But I think that it's so important for you to have fun. Like I literally, (laughs) when I do my dancing reels, I'm having a ball. Like I'm not, (laughs) like I'm literally having fun and it feels good. Like, I don't want to create content that doesn't feel good, you know? I don't right. want to create content that feels like a drag, that feels like, you know, it's it's like, it, it's a chore. I don't want that, like, because it's not fun anymore. And mm-hmm. so I think that you have to shift your mindset to, I am doing this in this moment for, you know, whoever, but I am doing it authentically. Once I finish doing this or creating this, it is no longer up to me what the response will be because the response is going to be what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And like, even on TikTok, as I've been experimenting, I have also reminded myself of that, of like, okay, like you're going to have some TikToks that maybe get no comments and that's okay because it's a journey and it's not about perfection. It's about progress. So You know, every piece of content, I think it means something, you know, it's a part of our story. It's a part of, you know, um, it's a part of our journey and you never know what if that content reaches the person that it absolutely needed to reach. And that was it. Would you still be upset? Probably not because it served its purpose. Every content, every piece of content has a purpose. So let your content serve its purpose, whether that's one person or whether that's 300 people or 3000 people it's okay i think that if you're spiritual and you believe that that you have a purpose and that you know you are a vessel of god then you know you you allow yourself to be that and sometimes it just might mean that it only you know reaches 10 people today and those 10 people they matter they matter just as much as the other 300 people that you want. They matter just as much. And if you appreciate them, then you can appreciate what's to come in the future. But if you can't appreciate what you have now, then it's going to be really hard to appreciate what's to come. My, oh, my dear, I am smiling ear to ear. <laughs> you, you, like I said, you're such a wealth of wisdom and knowledge. And I am so glad I creepily found you on the internet um, <laughs> by, by digging around on 
uh, in your reels. No, your um, is awesome. And I'm really glad that you reached out and that we got to have this talk. I love, you know, it feels like we're on the phone, we're on FaceTime and, and that's, you know, that's amazing. And I hope a lot of people get something out of it. Oh, that means a lot to me because that is definitely, I try to keep this podcast super unedited and unfiltered and just a true conversation. So um, I can't wait for everyone to hear this, but how can people connect with you? Can you, can you um, give us, you know, how people can find you and connect with you? Absolutely. So my Instagram is life with Kiros and that's K-E-E-R-O-S-E. My TikTok is the same. My Twitter is the same. Um, and I'm also, you know, open for consultations. So if you kind of listen and you're like, oh my goodness, I want a content strategy. I want to figure out how to use my gifts to create some really dope content. Um, the link is in my Instagram bio to book with me on my booking website. Um, and I'd be happy to, um, happy to book with any of you. One of my gifts, you know, I think is to help people realize their gifts. And it's really been a, a really fun journey. Oh, I can't wait for people to um, connect with you and uh, you are truly paving the way for people to have such healthier relationships with the content they're creating. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your gifts with the world. Um, And until next time, my dear. Yes. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure.